Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For everything for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Brian Hickey. And welcome back into another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. A very loaded midweek pod. You're still kind of basking in the glory of Jeff Saturday having the highest win percentage in NFL history as he takes on Josh McDaniels and is 1-0 right now in his career. Showing you, yeah, anyone could be a head coach if they just uh, put a little effort in. That is for sure. But still a lot to break down from that game. We'll obviously talk about the offensive outburst that we saw on Sunday. Is it sustainable? Can the Colts, I mean, Let's just talk about it. 4-5-1. Can they make a playoff run, George? Is Jim Irsay vindicated after being raked across the Colts nationally all week? Is he vindicated for now having Jeff Sauter go out and win a game? There's so much you kind of break down here. We'll get into Shaq Leonard's, uh, the reports that he's out for the year as well. But, George, I think i got to start with this. This is the first time in at least over a month, maybe even longer, where we have like a, a truly non-depressing Blue Horseshoe pod. It kind of feels pretty good to just be, you know, ha- have some good feelings Entering this podcast. It's not an emergency podcast. We're not talking about somebody getting fired. We're not talking about <laughs> a, a crazy benching that makes no sense. Uh, we're, we're just talking about a win and, and whether or not they can keep going. It's almost like we're covering a normal football team this week. It, we'll see how long it lasts. The offense looks good. There's no drama off the field for the first time in a month. We're actually... We're talking football, George. We are talking football, which even you know for this podcast, you think would be a, a normality, but... This last month, as we mentioned, it's been way more off the field drama than on the field for sure. But this week so far, the, the Jeff Sider's done a good job kind of steadying the ship. And now at least we can talk more football. Speaking of which, Ian Rapport, uh was reporting on Tuesday that Shaq Leonard had successful season-ending back surgery. He was put on IR last week. He had another back surgery on Tuesday. And now he is shut down for the season. And the goal and the thought is that this final surgery will be the one that actually clicks, will be the one that gets them, you know, healthy enough for next year. But for 2022, at least, Shaq Leonard is out for the year. Played just a few games anyway, so it's not like you know, it, this, the Colts aren't prepared for his, his loss. But either way, it's a, a tough conclusion for a very disappointing season for Shaq Leonard. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's a lost season for a guy, you know, who's a three-time All-Pro and, and really the heart and soul of this defense. And really, we talked about it on the postgame pod. It's been incredible how well this defense has played without him. Uh, now they're going to have to finish the year without him. 
uh, which is not going to be an easy task. It hasn't been all year long, but at least they know it now. Everybody's kind of locked into the role that they're in. I guess that's the upshot, you know, as far as the linebackers go. There, there's no more, well, when Shaq comes back, this will happen and that will happen. That's out the window. Um, you know, the scary thing is it, it's been a nerve issue. Uh, so you just don't know. You know, the, the hope is obviously that this uh, surgery is finally going to get this taken care of. He's going to have plenty of time to rest and, and, and you know, rehab now, uh, which is a good thing. Hopefully he'll be able to get around the team again before the year is over. I know that's one thing that the Jeff Saturday talked about on Monday when, when he addressed the media uh, news wasn't yet known. They knew he was going to a doctor and they, they didn't know what you know he was going to hear, but he was saying then that even just having Shaq on the sideline is a really big thing for this team because of his leadership, because of his juice. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Obviously his health comes first. He's got to take care of, you know, what he's got to take care of. Uh, and then we'll see, but hopefully for his sake, at least he's able to get back on the sideline before the end of the year. And this is clearly the right move. It's like, you know, like you mentioned, when he's put on IR, there was not a lot of clarity of if he could come back. There was a thought of, you know, we'll kind of wait and see. Maybe the final month of the year, there could be a return. But look, this season of four, five and one, even if the Colts somehow turn it around and, you know, I don't know, five and two down the stretch, like it's still not worth it in what has been a lost year to kind of try to rush him back. And still see if he can get on the field. But like you mentioned, it, it's been something that he's been dealing with all season long. He had, you know, multiple surgeries, try to clear it up. He's, this is now his second stint on IR. So whatever has been done in the past, clear is not working. And hopefully this is kind of the actual surgery that gets the job done. And like you mentioned, he is now nine months to recover, basically, and then still get in good enough shape for training camp. We hopefully in 2023 will be back to 100% for according to him for the first time since one his rookie year, basically. Yeah. So that yeah. that's going to be huge and, and scary for this Colts defense that would, despite his absence for basically the entirety of this season, or let's say 95% of the season, this is still a top five defense in most defensive metrics. It's unbelievable how this defense has, has really kind of even taken a step up from last year to this year, despite the fact that best player has barely played. Yeah. I don't think we've really talked enough about Gus Bradley. We, we did early in the year, when they were struggling and it looked like maybe it might not be the right hire, uh, right. but you know, he's done an excellent job getting this unit together, being consistent week in and week out. They've had their moments, you know I mean? I'm sure they'd like to have the end of the Washington game back uh, for instance, but they've had, they've pretty much given this team a chance to win every, every game since week three. Uh, and I think that's a huge Testament to, you know, the job that he's done and, and also these players. I mean, Zaire Franklin has really played well. It's not just a guy racking up numbers. You know, he's out there making plays. I think he's shown that he deserves to be a starter in this league. It's going to be interesting to see where he fits in next year when when all this shakes out. You know, Bobby O'Karake is a free agent. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, EJ Speed continues to make plays when he's in there. Uh, they have a really deep linebacker group. They've been able to, to kind of recover from this. I think the one area that, that's been obvious that he's missing is, is takeaways. Um, it's probably the one thing this defense is not doing at, at the level that it would like to be right now. Um, and, and, but I mean, if, if you're looking at it just from a defensive perspective, you gotta be really excited about next year. This defense has played solid all year long, been a top 10 defense pretty much the entire year. Uh, and now you're going to add a guy, a three-time pro bowler healthy next year to the mix. There's nothing, you know, about that, that, that isn't exciting. And one of the most encouraging things, too, for next year, especially, George, is the fact that it's not just 
two, three, four guys that have been carrying the defense, they've had injuries and they've still been able to kind of push through. They've been able to have the next man up. And like you you mentioned a few, you know, with, with EJ Speed, with Zaire Franklin stepping in, especially for for the most part with Shaq Leonard's absence, they have made play after play. You have Isaiah Rogers stepping up, makes the big plays on Sunday. Brandon Faison, who I know has been, you know, a target uh, for the Colts media and fans and, you know, and a lot of questions why he's playing, but even still, he made a, one or two plays on Sunday. So you have guys, whether it's defensive line and a deep rotation, the linebacker, secondary, like you have, you know, two, three deep comfortably in almost every position. Like you said, outside of, you know, we'll see personnel and how this defense looks uh, next season, but you got to feel really good that this defense, even when there's injuries sustained, even when guys are not playing well, other guys are stepping up on a consistent basis and making plays. That's a huge credit to Gus Bradley. We'll see what's going to happen with the head coach and obviously the coaching staff shakeup. But you got to think, George, at least got to hope that if there are a few guys retained from this current staff, you hope Gus Bradley next year is one of them because he's done an absolutely tremendous job this season. He's definitely earned it. I mean, he's a guy that that I think any head coach coming in, uh, unless it's a defensive guy and wants to run his own scheme, you would think any offensive head coach coming in would would want to retain him would look at what's happened this year on that side of the ball and feel really comfortable uh, with that guy, you know, in your corner. I think the one thing moving forward, aside from not having Shaq, which I think is going to be, again, good and bad. Uh, It's bad because you're losing a three-time all-pro player, but I think it's good that these guys now know this is is how it is. This is how the rest of the season is going to go. The other thing that I think to watch, though, now is that defensive end position with Quiddy Pay, the ankle injury. Um, He's been huge this year. Uh, for this team. And with Taekwon Lewis already out, you've had Dio Dangbo kind of moving into his role. They they may have to get things done by committee over there. That's going to be the next challenge for Gus Bradley in this defense moving forward. And you're, I'm glad you, you hit at that too, because Dio's been another guy that stepped up, you know, again, when injuries uh, have been hit on the defensive line, he stepped up, makes some nice plays on Sunday as well. This is, this is again, even with the injuries that are frustrating, like Quiddy Pay is a guy that's really kind of developed and blossomed nicely when he's on the field. And now the second time he's kind of been hurt and going to miss some time, but it's encouraging to see, like you said, whoever it is, it's the next man up mentality. And they have stepped up for the most part. And they're going to really need, especially dial big time here against Sunday against Eagles. Cause kind of see how this Eagles team goes. You know, the Eagles are going to try to run the ball, run the ball a ton. Jalen hurts is a very, very tough guy to, to tackle. So you're going to need to route of the football. You're going to need consistent pressure, but not only consistent pressure, you know, discipline in your rush lane to make sure that you know you're not leaving a door open where Jalen Hurts is going to be able to escape and this is going to be a big time big time test um for this Colts defense one of the biggest they faced all season for sure with how explosive and how uh fast this Eagles offense is but hey look at least you know almost kind of like there is no help coming I know Shaqlin was on IR anyway so going back to his move it's not like you know there was any thought he was going to play on Sunday anyway but now you're so hey it's just kind of us against the world this team has done a great job of rallying together last week in the face of adversity. And now, again, when you're going against a really good defense, one of the best teams in the NFL coming in off a loss where you think they'll be even extra motivated, extra upset, extra pissed. Nick Sirianni coming back here to Indy for the first time since leaving take the Eagles head coaching job. It's going to be one of those situations where you're really going to need kind of all hands on deck pick time here to take down uh, the best team arguably in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt this is the biggest challenge they faced all year. Uh, this offense is going to be the best offense they faced all year. Their old friend AJ Brown will be back to haunt them. Yeah, uh, I think oh. it's going to be it's going to be a really big test, you know. And but I do think this defense has stepped up time and time again. So we'll see how they can handle that on Sunday. Um, but really, I mean, they, they faced Kansas City. They did a pretty good job with that one. I, I think the game plan is probably going to be 
similar. Uh, you know, it's different because Mahomes is is a different kind of quarterback than than Hertz is. Uh, but I would think you're going to need to play complementary football, which you need to do every week. But you're really going to need the offense to help you out uh, the way Washington's did on Monday night in that game on Sunday. Speaking of the offense, George, let's go to that side of the ball here because we saw a rejuvenation on offense, whether it's coincidence or not. Jeff Saturday and Parks Frazier's, you know, first game as head coach and play caller, and Matt Ryan and his big return at being benched for two games. Yeah, the Colts scored 25 points on Sunday against the Raiders, second highest total of the season. They were uh, told their third highest uh, or most yards in a game at 315, and they recorded their most rush yards of the season at 207. The big question is going to be, is it sustainable? Because you mentioned, especially for Sunday, the Colts are going to win this game against Eagles. You're going to not only need your defense step up, you need your offense step up and score, I would say, at least 24 points, bare minimum, to try to you know get this victory here. Is what we saw on Sunday, do you think, is it sustainable? Is it replicable going against this tough Eagles test here on Sunday? It's so hard to say right now because, you know, we talked about it in the post game. The Raiders are, are not a good football team. And so yeah. you've got to try to, to watch, you know, put – put what you saw into some kind of context and, and that's not always easy. Uh, but I do think it's good for the Colts that they got that running game going. That to me was the most legitimate thing about, about that game on Sunday. Uh, it was the best game. The offensive line has played all year. It was by far the best the running games looked and it was less gimmicky than the last time, you know, the 34 point game against Jacksonville is, is the only one bigger in terms of points. This was less gimmicky. I think it's more sustainable than that game was, uh, they, they got back to their I men to, to their identity on Sunday, which I think was the biggest thing for them. You know, that's that's who this offense was expected to be coming into the year. Run the ball, uh, control the line of scrimmage, and then your quarterback doesn't have to be Superman. He just makes the plays when they're there. It worked really well on Sunday against the Raiders. We'll see, you know, how well it works this coming week against a much better defense and a much better football team all around. If it is sustainable, that's the biggest thing moving forward for the Colts. I mean, if they if this running game is actually back and it's something that they can do week in and week out, then I think you give them a chance in, in pretty much every game they have left on the schedule. You're 100 That's actually a great point because I didn't think about this until you just mentioned it. Sunday's game, you're right, is exactly how the offense was supposed to look and we thought it was going to look before the season started. Where you have a nice run game, you have Jonathan Taylor getting a good, you know, uh, you know, kind of stay keeping this offense ahead of the change. You have the offense line having a good push, and then it's Matt Ryan just quick passes, slants over the middle, keeping him in third and manageable. If it's third and five, hey, can you hit this slant or hit this curl to keep the chains moving? That was exactly how we thought this Colts offense is going to look. And you're right, the only game where they were better statistically points wise against the Jaguars, it was just kind of hurry up offense, 58 passes. We're not going to run the ball whatsoever and just see what happens. And it worked, but you're right. Like this felt like truly what the Colts built this offense for, what their identity we thought was going to be coming to the season. That's what we saw on Sunday. With that said, I am still not kind of buying in or I'm getting too excited just yet, just because like you mentioned, that might Sunday. I think the more I think about it, Sunday might be just one of those cases where the Raiders are, are one of the few teams worse than the Colts. I know record wise, they were coming into the game, but with all the dismay surrounding this Colts this Colt team, with all of just the poor play offensively that we saw, to see this Raiders, especially their defense, they are terrible. They are awful. So I'm not going to get too excited just yet, just because I think that this is one of the matchups that actually favored the Colts really well, despite everything that's kind of gone wrong for them and was kind of going against them go, uh, heading into this game. So I do, like, I'm not going to get too excited yet, but what I will say is, again, you finally kind of saw what this offense should look like. 
And if you can keep it going, this offense, again, should be start to become more consistent. You should get Jonathan Taylor looking like 2021 Jonathan Taylor. And again, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the postgame pod. If nothing else, I don't care if they don't win another game. If nothing else, if Jeff Saturday's lasting mark on this team is that the offensive line in 2023 is going to be better. He's going to figure it out. And maybe it's as much as him just coming in, new voice, just kind of flipping the switch on compared to what we saw the first eight games of the season. Mission accomplished. Absolutely mission accomplished. But you saw on Sunday that offensive success started with the five guys blocking. Yeah, there's no coincidence about that. We've been talking about that all year. If they could get that offensive line together, there's a lot of other things to like about this team. Uh, but the offensive line was just holding so much back. On Sunday, they didn't. They played a really good game. They protected Matt Ryan. They opened some holes. Uh, they ran the ball extremely well. Uh, the big question is, you know, what was that a result of? Was that just a boost this week in energy and, and you know, excitement because their back was against the wall and they always seem to respond well uh, in those situations? Was it just the Raiders being an awful football team? Was it this combination with Bernard Raymond at left tackle and Will Fries at, at right guard? You know, is that the the, the key I think that's what we're going to find out moving forward. And I think, you know, their chances of sustaining any of this, their chances of getting into the playoff picture and, and making anything of this season really ride on, on that question. Was this running game in particular in this pass protection, a fleeting one week thing against a bad football team, or is it like it was back in, in 2018, the start of something? I mean, that was a bad Buffalo team too. Uh, but they got some confidence. They put it together. They were able to finish the season really strong. Not saying it will happen again this year. That, that to me, is the big question. We have no idea. Uh, it's hard to win in the NFL, and I'm not going to take anything away from them for winning that game on Sunday, but you still have to be realistic. Like you said, that's a 2-7 and seven team, and it's one with a coach who doesn't really seem to have any answers right now. So <laughs> That is you know, sure. It, it, to me, don't, that's not going to be the case on Sunday, right? I mean, the Eagles lost. They turned the ball over. They were their own worst enemy. A lot of the same things we've been talking about, they fell victim to against Washington on Monday night. That's a good football team, maybe the best team in the NFL. Uh, next week, there won't be any of these asterisks that we're using right now. You're 100% right. Whether this team is actually turning around and maybe kind of making a run or they just, for the most part, are this this Colts team we saw for the first, let's say, nine weeks of the year, and then week 10 was just a, you know, um, an anomaly, we'll certainly find out on Sunday for sure when the Eagles do come to town. So when we do return here, speaking of the playoffs, the Colts right now are in 10th in the AFC. Are they can, can they make a run to the playoffs? There's an interesting stat that George has that is very relevant for the Colts. And if you are a fan holding out hope that they could make a run to the postseason, I think this stat that George will give you on the other side will definitely make you a little excited, make you believe maybe a little bit more. So we'll do that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod does return. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back into the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer here with you as always. Make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod wherever you do, do get your podcasts. And of course, also tell a friend about us. Tell your Colts friends that we are here and we are here three times a week through the rest of the regular season, bare minimum. 
So speaking of the rest of the regular season, George, Colts have seven games left. They are four, five, and one on the season. They are 10th in the AFC. It's one game against a bad Raiders team. Is there a thought? Is there a hope that, hey, maybe they can make a run to the playoffs? There's one stat that we were kind of chewing on before that you think maybe will give some fans some hope. So let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, you want any kind of hope? Look at last year's AFC champs. The Bengals through 10 games last year were five and five. And all that's separating the Colts from five and five right now is, is a missed field goal in Houston in, in week one. So hot rod. Uh, Thank it's you. It's been done recently. You know, it's been done just last year. Now, granted, the Bengals did not have a coaching change. They did not have a lot of these other insane things. Joe Burrow wasn't benched for any point of that season. And and I don't think as good as Alec Pierce has been, he's not threatening Jamar Chase, uh, his rookie season by any stretch of imagination. Uh, but you know, I it you look at the NFL in general, and I think Monday proved it again. I'm not sure how many really good teams there are this year. I mean, their their teams are a little more consistent than others. Uh, but Buffalo lost this week. Philadelphia lost this week. It's not just the it, are there no unbeaten teams left. Philadelphia is the only team with one loss. I mean, it it looks like more than ever in this league, parity reigns supreme, and the team that makes the fewest mistakes uh, will win each Sunday. Now, the problem is the Colts have not proven to be that team very often this year, so we'll see how that goes moving forward. Even on Sunday, they lost the turnover battle, which it was just one to nothing, and that's probably why it was not as big a problem as it has been in, in, in weeks past, but they've got they still have a lot to clean up. And we were kind of joking, even two Texans throughout the game, George. It's kind of like, especially after a really good first half, there are some points in the third quarter and early fourth quarter. It's like, oh, here the Colts go again. You know, like this is kind of like the, the even with Jeff Saturday there and there's a new voice there. It's still kind of the same old Colts team now. To their credit, they're able to overcome that, win the game at the end, and, and again, do go to four, five, and one. But you are right. It's not like the Colts have dramatically cleaned up their play. They've dramatically shifted, you know, their identity. And, and you know, all of a sudden, all the early season woes have just disappeared. This is, I think, more than anything else, a product of playing a really bad team at the right time and, you know, moving on and just doing enough to win. Um, now, with that said, though, again, I'm not buying into the playoffs whatsoever. Again, I think this is – I think Sunday's just more of a product of playing a really bad team and, and kind of getting right team, right time sort of thing. But if you are a believer, I will say outside – you know, your stat just highlighted that the, the Bengals were an average team at this point in the season last year. And you look around, you're 100% right. Like the AFC – the NFL – no one's few teams have really separated themselves so far this season. When you look at right now, the Patriots are right now the seventh and final team in the playoff picture. We saw them two weeks ago, George. Now look, the Colts were terrible, right? Like, let's just not pretend here, you know, the Colts should have won that game. They had no business even being close. But that said, though, Patriots did not do a lot well that had you like saying, oh wow, this is definitely a playoff team. Like that offense was almost as bad as the Colts. You know, if it wasn't for if, if Matt Ryan plays that, if you had Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan, and Parks Frazier there a week earlier. I would argue maybe they win that game. Or I'll tell you what, it's definitely not. It's not definitely not 26-3, that's for sure. Play that, that game a lot more competitive than what they did with Frank Reich and Sam Ellinger. But you have the Patriots right now at 5-4 and four in the seventh spot. The Bengals right now, all or excuse me, the Chargers are ahead of them. The Chargers right now are 5-4, and four, but they're super banged up. They're also kind of like the Colts, very inconsistent. Their defense is terrible, even though they have a defensive-minded head coach in Brandon Staley. And the Bengals are the only other team in front of the Colts right now. And again, that's a team that I think will turn around and kind of have another second half burst like they did last year. But again, if you are looking for a sign of hope, 
I'm not buying in, but if you are a fan out there thinking this is realistic, I, I can't sit here and tell you you're crazy. I can't sit here and tell you, you know, you're delusional. Because right now the teams that are ahead of the Colts outside of the Bengals, I think are beatable. And you have at least coming up uh, shortly here, the Chargers in a few weeks coming to town in about a month or so. So you you do have, you know, you are able to take care of your business in, in one aspect. So the path is definitely for how bad this Colts team has been. And sitting here at 10 games at four, five, and one, the path to the playoffs is not as crazy, not as difficult as maybe even some year uh, years past where the Colts it got off to a slow start, but you know, at this point in the season, we're better record-wise than, than where they are right now. Yeah, it's it's not as steep a climb as it should be, or you would expect it to be for all the struggles that they've had. Uh, but again, they've got to get out of their own way. And, and our producer Aaron points out a misspoke. Minnesota only has one loss too. I keep forgetting about the Vikings. I keep overlooking them. Uh, you know, I guess in a couple of weeks, uh, they're going to be right there on the field with the Colts, and and they'll you know they'll probably get my attention a little bit more. I, I don't know why I keep disrespecting the Minnesota Vikings, but, but I have all year yeah, long. Don't, don't disrespect two one Kirk Buggins. Exactly. I, I don't know, you know, where, where this Viking hate comes from for me, but you know, correct that there are two one loss teams. Uh, but now you, you look at the AFC in particular, cause that's what really is important to the Colts. And it feels like those standings change pretty significantly week to week uh, because there's, there's at least one upset. There's at least, you know, one team that, that that does a little bit better than we thought, one team that does a little bit worse than we thought every week. So, but I think the, the biggest thing for the Colts is internal. You know, I don't think that's really going to shock anybody out there. It's not really so much what anybody else is doing. If you look at their last seven games, and we talked about this a little bit on the post game too, that most of those games are winnable. I mean, at least five of them are, are coin toss kind of games. If you play your game and, and, and you don't beat yourself, you're going to be in there. And then as we've seen Matt Ryan, give you a chance to win at the end, but you can't keep doing the things that they've done consistently this year. And that's turn the ball over, uh, have penalties in, in moments that, that kill you, you know, the missed field goal on Sunday isn't, we haven't seen a lot of that, but it's, it's still part of that same mm -hmm. kind of family of problems that, that have haunted this team, leaving points on the field one way or another, whether that be through penalties, through turnovers, through missed field goals, whatever it may be, mental errors. That, to me, is what's got to clean up. If they're going to make a playoff push, that's what they've got to do. And honestly, Sunday, to me, goes a long way towards convincing me. Right now, I'm 100% with you. I think this is a one-week bounce. Uh, you know, great story for, for that week. Fun to watch Josh McDaniel struggle and and lose this game. Uh, he's now 0-2 against the Colts since, since backing out of that job. Uh, having lost last year as the offense coordinator of the Patriots. But oh, I wanted to. He won back in 2018 uh, when the Colts only had 43 guys dressed, which might be a record for fewest That's right. players dressed for a game. But, um, you know, I, I just don't – moving forward to me, it's about can you consistently get out of your own way. And so it's not even, not even necessarily that they have to win on Sunday. They have to look the way they did against the Raiders in terms of playing a more clean game, moving the ball consistently for all four quarters, those kind of things. They're simplistic things uh, that you would just kind of take for granted for any playoff team. They're things the Colts have not been able to do with any regularity this season. Let's say you're right, George. Let's say Sunday was not just a product of playing a bad team, but you know what? There's actual a, a real change here, and offensively, especially with the offensive line, the run game, the pass game, let's say more times than not the rest of the year, Sunday is more how this Colts offense looks. 
this is their schedule. And assume, again, let's just go into the impression that this offense and this team will play like they did on Sunday against the Raiders. Obviously, the Eagles coming to town on Sunday. Monday night uh, against the Steelers at home the week after that. You're at the Cowboys, at the Vikings, Chargers, at Giants, Texans. If the Colts, again, play the way they did on Sunday against the Raiders, honestly, right now, maybe the Vikings, I would say, is still, I think, a, a game they'll lose for sure. Otherwise, George, I mean, look, the, the we just saw the Eagles on Monday mortal, and they also had, you know, some injuries as well. We we're going to have Dallas Goddard out for this game on Sunday, which is a big loss for their offense. But and that, that run defense in Philly kind of looks susceptible for sure. So you got to think, okay, there's a chance there. The Steelers are, are a very bad football team. The Cowboys just gave life to what was a lifeless offense in Green Bay. I know they have Aaron Rodgers, but that offense was terrible. They allowed 31 points to be scored. Again, the Vikings have been impressive so far. And they had a nice win against the Bills. But like the Chargers are up and down. And again, that's, that's a team that, you know, they lost to the Falcons earlier this year and kind of got dominated in that game. Like the Falcons, uh, excuse me, the Chargers are banged up. And again, that Chargers defense is really bad. Really, really, really bad, especially in terms of trying to stop the run, which, again, if you get the run game going, that should be an area where they have success. The Giants, great record so far, great story. Also, if you if you want to kind of do a little college football, look at their resume, who have they beaten, their resume's not very good whatsoever. Like I would argue maybe their best win is against uh, the, the Ravens, for sure, in a sloppy game. But otherwise, like they have really not played a lot of teams. They beat a lot of bad teams so far. And then you finish with the Texans, which – they are arguably the worst team in football, and by that point, they probably won't even be incentivized to win because at that point, they probably have the number one seed either locked up or close to it, so they'll kind of be mailing it at the end of the year. Like, if, if again, it's a huge if, right, because the Raiders are so bad, it's tough to tell. If, though, this Colts offense especially plays the rest of the season like they did on Sunday, you're right. Like, there's no, again, maybe the Vikings game's the only one where I truly feel like, oh, they don't have a shot, but you have a chance to either, you know, toss-up game or more likely to win almost every other game on the schedule. Yeah, and that that's why it's such a weird year in the NFL in general because I think most teams could probably look at their schedule right now and feel pretty similarly. I mean, you've got that really bottom rung right now with, with the Texans and maybe the Panthers. Uh, you know, it, Other than that, we see it every week. The Saints are kind of backsliding right now, but I'm sure they're sitting there thinking if you can figure out this quarterback spot, there are a lot of winnable games left on our schedule. I think every team in the league feels that right way right now. Uh, and the question for the Colts is, you know, can you sustain what you did from a effort and energy standpoint on Sunday? Was that just a shock kind of a situation? Was this just a matter of your head coach got fired? Everybody took a look in the mirror. You came out and you beat a bad football team, or is this real change? And, and that to me, that's what I'm looking for on Sunday more than the, the win or loss is how they compete. You know, if they lose this game, but it's because it was just a back-and-forth football game and the Eagles make one more play than they do, I think you can walk away still feeling pretty good about this team. But, you know, the margin of error, obviously, is very small because of the way the first 10 weeks is gone. Uh, and we'll see where they go moving forward. But they're still alive. Now, having said that, I don't. if they finished 11-5-1 or they finished 4-12-1... I'm not sure either of those would be a bigger surprise to me than the other. That's how crazy the year is. I would still say 11-5-1 and one would definitely be a bigger surprise, but you are, I mean, you're not wrong. Where you Look at the schedule. Like If they lose every game the rest of the way, it still would be a surprise. Considering, like I said, how spirited, how competent, how organized they looked in game one under Jeff Sauter, considering everything that you know should have led to them being discombobulated. 
you know, worn out and frankly, just if they were lethargic, it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense with everything they went through emotionally this week and everything that was going on. And so their credit almost kind of in a weird way, almost raised the bar in a sense of just when you play so well, it's like, well, okay, if you were able to play this well with everything going on this week, well, and uh, what is going to be the first normal week here uh, in, in what a month for this team? It's like, oh, well, you know, what, what can you do now? It's it's funny, but also to the same time, George, it's like we're talking about, you know, potential playoff pushing him. They're not average, you're 100% right. They're not dead whatsoever. But we're also now talking about a Colts team. We're asking a Colts team to, on Sunday, do something they not, they've never done before so far this season. That's probably two good games in a row. You know, to their credit on Sunday, last Sunday against the Raiders, they did something they didn't do at any point this year, and that's play a full game. Right? They, they, they started out fast on offense. They played well throughout the entire game on offense. Defense, for the most part, they played pretty well as well. It's had a little lull in the second and third quarter there. But they played by far their most complete game of the season, offensively, defensively, special teams-wise as well. On Sunday, something we haven't seen. But now it's like, okay, can you replicate that again? So we're, there's still, you know, there's still so far for this team to go in terms of winning some of these winnable games on the schedule just because this entire season has basically been, oh, well, you know, this, the schedule breaks th- this way, and this team then they're playing, it's not, you know, an hor- a horrible matchup for them. But still, they've been unable up to this point to play consistent football, play two good games, let alone two good halves up until Sunday. So it's still a long way to go for this team. But again, they, they did something that they haven't done so far this season under Jeff Saturday. That's play a full, complete game for the most part. Now it's can you put two good games in a row? That's the next kind of step here. If they are trying to make a playoff push, that's the next step you got or the next bridge, I, guess, I should say, you, you got to cross. And you can argue as, as steep as the mountain was to climb last week because of all the adversity of their own making with the coaching change and, and all the other things that happened last week and the reaction to it around the league. It could be even harder this week, not just because the Eagles are a better football team, but there's tape now on Parks Frazier. There's tape now on Jeff Saturday that didn't exist last week. And you're facing a team with Jonathan Gannon and uh, Nick Sirianni, who knows this personnel pretty well. You know, those guys, granted, they weren't here with Matt Ryan, Alec Pierce, a couple other guys, Stephon Gilmore, but they, most of those guys in this locker room, they know. You know, and Nick Sirianni in particular knows what makes this offensive line uncomfortable. He knows what they don't do well. Uh, and you can imagine he's going to be sharing that with Jonathan Gannon, who should have a pretty good idea himself from practicing against them uh, all week long. So I think that you've got you've got another really stiff chest. Take away the Eagles' talent. There's a lot of off-the-field things that, that kind of favor Philadelphia in this game as well. You're 100% right. And two, it's like you think – that should equal out because, oh, well, he was here. So also that means the Colts know Nick Sirianni's tendencies as well. But look, when you fire Frank Reich, who is his, you know, his closest ally, I know there's still some carryover, but Gus Bradley, first year here. So it's like him and, and Nick Sirianni had a crossover of sorts. Obviously, Jeff Saturday was not in the building whatsoever when Nick Sirianni was on the staff. So you're 100% right. Like the Eagles have the advantage because even though there's some familiarity with Nick Sirianni and what, you know, his, his preferences and stuff like that, a lot of the guys who with intimate knowledge aren't there anymore for the Colts or the, you know, the guys that are in charge of making decisions that Jeff Saturday um, and Gus Bradley, especially, you know, they weren't here. They weren't with Nick Sirianni. No. So you are hundred percent right. Like Nick Sirianni, what will has the advantage personnel wise, clearly. Uh, and also scheme wise as well, when it comes to kind of know what this Colts team is like. So Sunday is going to be a huge test to kind of see the direction of this team. Is there a reason to believe or is it again, just kind of last week, just a one-hit wonder and more of the same mold for this team where it's one good game, one bad game, one step forward, two steps back. It's going to be very fascinating to see for sure. All right, when we do return here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod to wrap up, 
This time last week, Jim Irsay was getting raked across the coals nationally for hiring Jeff Saturday. Rightfully so. With that said, though, with Jeff Saturday now going 1-0, is Jim Irsay vindicated? We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Blue Horseshoe Pod is back with you here. Reineke and George Bremer, as always, with you. Make sure you're downloading and subscribing so you get an alert any single time a brand new episode drops. And if you still want to kind of bask in the glory of Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, or make it a Victory Wednesday or Thursday, make sure you do check out our latest episode before this one, which was our instant reaction to the Colts uh, beating the Raiders. So still want to kind of relive Jeff Saturday's first victory or kind of bask in the sorrow that is right now Joshua Daniels losing to this what well, was a clown show all week last week. Make sure you do check out that post-game pod that's, again, available wherever you do get your podcasts. So, George, speaking of that game on Sunday, right? This time last week, Jim Mercer made the announcement that Jeff Saturday will take over for Frank Reich to be the head coach. And nationally, again, rightfully so, he's ripped everywhere. Locally, nationally, everyone got on got on Jim Mercer for this hire because it made truly no sense. We've never seen anything like it happen before. Now that the Colts got the win, now that Jeff Saturday is the all-time record holder for winning percentage in the NFL, best winning percentage in Colts history, is Jim Ursa in your mind vindicated? Is he kind of, now that this this one win has happened, is he kind of saying, I told you so? Is that fair? He's definitely saying, I told you so. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure yet uh, if you can go as far as vindicated. I think some of the worst of the takes, some of the most harsh things, you know, I think he's, I think he's vindicated from like Bill Cowher. I think the idea that it's an absolute disgrace <laughs> and the guy was unworthy to coach uh, has been eliminated. You know, I think when you look at Saturday winning that game, I mean, he did exceed expectations in some ways already just by coming out and winning that first game. And clearly, you know, I don't think they were the mess that some people, myself included, thought they might be. You did. It was the Raiders who had the penalty for having too many men on the field. You know, there, there was stuff like that is what you were expecting. Then maybe there'd be, trouble you know with the operation on on uh challenging a replay review but they did that really early in one uh that there might be some kind of substitution issues or timeout issues or some problem in the two-minute drill none of that was evident there was nothing if you watch that game and you somehow had no idea of what had happened this week i don't think there was any indication whatsoever that the head coach on the colts sideline was doing this for the first time you probably would have thought the raiders coach was the one who had come out of the, the studio and, and was trying, you know, out for, for the very first time. So in that sense, yeah, he's vindicated. Um, there's seven games left now to see to what degree that vindication becomes, you know, it, it wasn't the disaster it could have been. Uh, and in some corners it was expected to be. And I think that's to the credit of Jeff Saturday. He definitely had this team prepared. He definitely knows his stuff. I don't think anybody questioned that. I mean, you knew from his playing career, he understands the game. Uh, but I think there were a lot of questions about how is he going to be able to control a sideline during a game? It's not an easy thing to do. He talked about himself how fast it was, you know, that it was the fourth quarter and he was kind of looking up like, wait a minute, we just started. Um, he handled all of that beautifully. There wasn't any outward evidence that, that he struggled with any of that. And to me, that's honestly, that's what I was expecting. 
You know, I thought there would be issues with game management, with substitutions, with clock management, all the things you see veteran coaches struggle with, and, and there weren't, uh, which is credit to Jeff Saturday. I So everything you just mentioned, I'm in agreement with, which is why I would say that he is vindicated. And I'll go back to what we kind of talked about this time last week when we're trying to process the move and understand why, why you're bringing an outsider, especially with someone with zero head coaching experience. I still think this move was not made to win. Like, I don't think Jim Mercer hired Jeff Saturday for the thought of we're going to turn around and make the playoffs. He, in the Monday night press conference, introducing Jeff Saturday as head coach, the one thing that Jim Mercer kept on talking about and the biggest reason why he was hired was leadership. And I thought one of the few things we could tangibly see on Sunday was Jeff Saturday's leadership and the guys responding to him. I think for all of that, for the guys still playing hard for Jeff Saturday, for, like you mentioned, the organization being there. Like you mentioned, if you if you just had a random fan say, hey, one of these teams is being coached by a guy for the first time with zero coaching experience, I bet you 99% would have said, oh, yeah, it's the Raiders, clearly. Like, they just looked out of, out of whack. Like you said, the Colts were buttoned up. Offensively, they looked like there was they didn't skip a beat. I think because of how organized everything was, how the fact that the guys still played hard for Jeff Saturday, considering they easily could have just, Throwing in the talent, say, screw it, you know, this season's over. I'm not listening to a guy that, you know, just came off the, the couch and now is going to tell me what to do. And I also do think you see the leadership of this team and part of Jeff Saturday's, you know, ability to kind of get the guys playing hard for him is to basically empower the rest of the guys saying, this is your team. You know, you clean up this mess. And you saw, you know, you hear stories about Matt Ryan basically making an impassioned speech before he's even in the starter. Still is in a backup role, rallying the team. You know, you have DeForest Buckner still playing hard. You have a lot of these guys, you know, that are still leaning by example, still almost kind of galvanizing this uh, or being galvanized by the situation in a positive way where most times they should go the other way. So I will say that because I don't, again, this is my opinion. I don't think this move made to win games. So I don't think record is going to truly, you know, validate the move. Like if Jeff Saturday is seven and two or two and seven, as long as they continue to play hard, as long as guys continue to respond to them, as long as, Every the, the team looks organized and it's just not, you know, uh, a runaway train sort of thing. I think absolutely you could sit here and say that Jim Irsay is vindicated for the move um, and hiring a completely outside guy in an out-of-the-box move in Jeff Saturday. Is he already a better head coach than Rich Kotite? Can we go there? Yes, and I think he's already a better head coach than Josh McDaniels too. I think he's very already climbing the list. That's a very good point. He's already climbing that list. Uh, you know, I, it's look, Jim Irsay said a billion times, in that press conference, he, he's never hired a losing head coach. Uh, it's still true. One week into the Jeff Saturday's era, era uh, it's still true. And I didn't expect that to be the case. I thought we'd be talking about an old one head coach right now. So um, Jeff Saturday looked like he belonged. So I think you're right. You know, I think you've right. got to say he's vindicated. He looked like he belonged. He looked like a guy who knew what he was doing. He looked like a guy who should be considered for a job like this, quite frankly. Uh, again, the leadership that he displayed, the leadership that he allowed this team to display, um, these guys are behind him. You know, we'll see how long it lasts. They were behind him last week. My dog's apparently behind him. Uh, you know, everybody's fired up now trying to get behind Jeff Saturday. It'll be interesting to see. I think when you go in there though, like he did, and you basically tell the DeForest Buckners, Zaire Franklin's, the Matt Ryan's of this, this team, this is your team. You make of it, you know, what you will, uh, they're going to respond in, in a really positive way. And it's only one week. So like you mentioned, there are seven games to go. Like this could absolutely just spiral out of control and just be a total, you know, crash and burn situation by the time we get to January. But I do think at least through one week, what Jeff Saturday did as well, which is another reason why I think Jim Mercy even vindicated was he brought competency back to the organization. When we're talking about, you know, with this hire, 
with especially a lot of the, you know, executive, you know, there's reports from executives around the league and maybe even some internal reports of the, of the Colts, you know, staff members just being confused and upset about the hire. The Colts look like a clown show and the Colts look like a, just a, an unmade disaster. And we talked about last this time last week that they were the most dysfunctional team in the NFL. Like I was ready to put them above the commanders and a few other teams just because of how out of the box, how stupid a, a move this was. But at least for one week when everything looks organized, Jeff Saturday is making this team for whoever the new head coach is more sexy, if you will, like more not or, or more attractive than maybe it was this time last week, where it's just seeing like the the owners and Jim Ursa just kind of making moves, shooting from the hip, not really having any sort of, of reason for making the moves. You have Sam Ellinger playing, you now you're firing the coach, you're firing the offensive coordinator, benching the quarterback, all kind of not addressing the real problem with the offensive line. Like just everything felt chaotic. And at least for Jeff Satter's credit, for one week, again, there's still a long way to go. But for one week, it felt like this Colts team, like you mentioned, is not as big of a mess as they appeared this time last week, which I do think it does make them more attractive come the end of the year when you're searching for a real full-time head coach. I don't think you're as quick to cross the Colts off the list for if you were a top candidate as you were maybe, say, you know, 100 hours ago. Yeah, again, it'll, it'll determine on how things go the rest of the way, how this offensive line looks. Uh, you know, how the quarterback situation plays out, where they end up in the draft. A lot of those things are, are going to play into a head coach's mind. But I do think uh, the owner doesn't look quite as scary as maybe he did to a lot of these candidates at this time a week ago. Uh, and that goes down to Jeff Saturday. And I think it all comes down to one move, honestly, putting Matt Ryan back in the lineup. I think it's the reason they won the game. But it also tells, well, it proves that Jeff Saturday has control over what he wants to do. But it tells that next head coach they might too, whoever that might be, uh, which I think is a big step forward as well. Because, you know, Ursay has denied it a few times, but every piece of information that we have is that, you know, he was behind the Sam Ellinger move. He was he was really the force behind that. Uh, and the thought was the Sam Ellinger was going to stay at, under center. In fact, as you mentioned, Jeff Saturday said it on Monday in his introductory press, press conference, but it was clear that it was up to Jeff Saturday to make that decision. He put Matt Ryan in, the Colts win the game, and I think it, that to me was the single biggest thing he did. Now the question moving forward is, what's Matt Ryan's future with this franchise? It's hard to say, right? I mean, obviously if he continues to play good football down the stretch, he's under contract for another year. Um, I think if he continues to play the way he did Sunday the rest of the year, taking care of the football, making the throws he has to make, moving this team on a consistent basis – I think it could be in his – the ball could be in his court as far as what he does next year. You're right, George. Like, this is this is a fascinating conversation because, like, you know, speaking of 100 hours ago, you know, the state of the Colts, like, I thought it was a foregone conclusion. We've already seen Matt Ryan in the last of a Colts uniform in, or maybe the last of his career in an, on an NFL field. Just do you think that once he gets benched seven games in after being promised two years, that's, that's it. There's no kind of coming back from it. And now he's made the starter. For, you know, against the Raiders, plays pretty well. And now it's just like, you're right. Like, if this Colts team turns it around, let's say they want to make the playoffs, but, you know, they go like, I don't know, four and three down the stretch or something, you know, sitting there like eight, seven and one, or no, I guess not, you know, eight, eight and one or something like that. Nine, math is not my strong. So seven, nine and one, the stupid ties throw me off here in the 17th game. Right. But let's just, you know, like, if we're talking about a team that really actually turns it around, like, you, I think you're right. Like, I don't, Jim Mercer, I still, I still, I'll say this. I still think at the end of the day, the Colts will draft a quarterback in the first round next year, almost no matter what. 
Now, the bigger question is, will Matt Ryan be here to start the year and mentor? Or, you know, again, does he want to kind of, does Matt, uh, does Jim Mercer say, screw it, we're moving on no matter what? Because at the end of the day, I think one thing is clear. He's going to be the one most likely making the call on the quarterback. Because that's, that's kind of been his role so far. He did that last year with Carson Wentz. He did it the first thing you mentioned with Matt Ryan getting benched. I feel like this is going to be a Jim Irsay decision. But I think Matt Ryan could play his way into kind of convincing Jim Irsay, oh, maybe, you know, the expectations we had in 2022, we can carry them over in 2023, bring them back, draft the guy, but also see what we can kind of do in the short term here, maybe make a run to the playoffs next year. It'll be fascinating to watch. I mean, the thing, the thing of it is these last seven weeks won't be boring. I mean, not that much we're guaranteed because between the Jeff Saturday situation and the Matt Ryan situation, um, there's a lot on the line. And I think the way these last seven games play out will really determine a lot about what this team does come January and in February and in March and April and uh, how this offseason rolls. That's great for the pod, because it's like I will say this time last week, I thought, all right, well, this team's probably not going to win another game. We, you know, the quarterback situation is just going to be abysmal. The only question is, will they bench Sam Ellinger for Nick Foles? And now it's like, you're right. The head coach is wide open. Maybe Je- Jeff Saturday can win the job. The quarterback conversation is wide open. Maybe Matt Ryan can play his way and coming back next year. Or, you know, maybe the Colts will punt on a quarterback, which I pray that's not the case. But again, you never know with Jim Mercer. You never know what head coach you're going to bring in. And you know, Chris Ballard's hesitancy when it comes to drafting a guy. There are so many questions that maybe we thought were going to be answered this time next week that now just the whole new can of worms opened up. And that's what, you know, how things change that fast in the NFL. It truly is a week to week league when it comes to feeling good or bad about your team, but also when it comes to the future of your team as well. So, as you can tell, Colts fans, we have a lot to talk about here for the next seven games or so on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. So make sure you are subscribing. Make sure you are downloading because we're going to have a lot to say, a lot to talk about, and I like a lot of interesting conversations here down the stretch, including when we were back for our preview pod against the Eagles on Friday. Does this team have a chance? The Eagles right now just kind of looked, you know, human again and losing their first game. Colts coming off arguably their best complete game of the season. Is there a reason to believe? So we will kind of discuss and break down that game when you're back on Friday. Make sure in between you're following George on Twitter at GM Bremer. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey number three. There is life or at least some intrigue, we'll say, bare minimum with this Colts team. So we'll talk to you on Friday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.